Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, what's going on, man? Nothing. <laughs> Clearly, I see that. So today is Christmas Eve. It's the eve of all Christmases. All right, get the tissue out of your nose. Okay, it's blocking your mouth. Sorry about that. It's making it so our audience can't hear you. Yeah, it's a little game we play. It's called Annoy the Other Guy. Yeah, well, that's as we learned on our forum one day, that's the uh, whole uh, basis for the show. <laughs> right. Annoy the other guy. Not so much, though, that it throws him off track, although <laughs> we do try to throw each other off track. Yeah, off kilter, if you will. We should get like a gong when we win, when we get that other guy so we have distracted. A gong. We have a gong at the end. You have the samples, don't you? Yeah. I sent you the samples. I'm not going to play them. It's a gong that I recorded, too. It's a six-foot hand-hammered Zildjian gong tuned to a G that I hung in a barn, and I used a Neumann M149 tube microphone into a API mic preamp direct. He stripped down naked, oiled his body so that it didn't deflect sound any, any poorly. Direct I, into this digital recorder we're recording right now. And I used a pair of shoes, which I don't have on me right now, to hit the gong with because we didn't have a gong mallet. I had these shoes with these soft rubber soles. and So the gong He traveled hearing, to Tibet to get these uh, sandals made of On the top of a mountain. testicles. Exactly. And what's more pleasant on Christmas Eve than talking about <laughs> goat testicles, ladies and gentlemen? And sandals. <laughs> well, I love sandals. I'd be wearing them right now if there weren't snow on the ground. There's snow everywhere. I'm a sandals kind of guy. You think it's going to be a white Christmas? Um, I hope not. Why not? Was that your cell phone? My cell? What? Well, I, I just heard a buzz. There is no buzz. Get that thing off the table. Get it. Get it away. It's from... off. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it's put dead. It in, put it in the Faraday cage. It's inert. I don't believe you. There's nothing inert about an iPhone. It's quite hurt. <laughs> thank you. Hurt. You know, we're taking a big chance here. We're recording this in November. Anything could happen over the next month. I mean, we could actually be dead, and you're hearing the voices from beyond. I know. We uh, Anything could have happened. States could have seceded from the Union. New York could be its own country right now. The Russians could have attacked. Um, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. It's, I don't think the Russians infinite. are going to attack. Well, maybe the Soviet Union will Mexico. reform. Mexico will uh, will annex the United States. Well, what if the Soviet Union reforms and then they just start lobbing a hail of nuclear weapons towards us? I don't know. Their their rhetoric is actually leaning that way. Not towards well, lobbing weapons, but towards reforming the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, well, their rhetoric's been leaning that way for a while because George Bush is actually a divider, not a uniter. He's a divider, not a uniter. Oh, that's really what it boils down He's to, a, right? He's not a unificator. He's not a uniter. He's a divider. He's a fornificationer. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's a diversificationator. <laughs> you know, we have a listener, uh, Jesse, from California, who likes your impression of... Uh, of of uh, Bushy of what's his name doing an impression of Bush, because you're really doing an <laughs> Alan impression. Alan Alda doing an impression of no, Bush? No, the guy from Saturday Night Live. Oh, uh, um, 
the guy from uh, the NASCAR film and the, why can't we think of his name? He does a great James Will Lib- Ferrell. Yeah, you're sort of doing an impression of Will Ferrell doing an impression of George Bush, and he's <laughs> he's a big fan. Jesse's a big fan. Well, if you want to see a real, real good impression, I mean, serious impression where it's almost like that new Uncanny. TV show on TBS. Frank TV. Oh, that guy's a genius. Frank Caliendo. This guy's phenomenal. Just look him up on YouTube and you can see him when he goes on as John Madden onto uh, uh, Letterman. He, he literally is in character as John Madden. He goes in as a guest as John Madden on Letterman. He did Clinton the other day. Unbelievable. He was doing Clinton on that show and uh, he was just wrecking me. That guy's <laughs> very talented. I think after the show, we're going to probably spend an hour looking at Frank Kellyendo stuff on YouTube. I hope not. I got to get home uh, tonight. But yeah, so, check him out. Um, Christmas Eve. Let's Christmas not forget Eve. it's Christmas Eve and we're here and you're there and. Um, Hopefully you're doing your thing or who knows when, you know, they might not even be listening to the show till the 26th, you know, because they might want to get, they're not going to be listening. They're not going to be listening to the show on Christmas day when they're celebrating with family. Wouldn't it be interesting though, if like in one of our listeners actually played our podcast during Christmas day, like their celebrations, wouldn't it be cool if we were part of their celebration? It would just be freaky, a little creepy. <laughs> but you know, kind of cool. What could we do to ruin that? I mean, it's, I think we already have. What can we here. do to inject the fart in church, so to speak? Well, I think I've just done it. <laughs> we we already have. We've we've talked about negative things and nuclear holocaust on Christmas Eve. I mean, you know, the only thing that can happen now would be like a satellite hits your house and kills us both. I mean, actually, the only exposure reference there, by the way. The only thing worse is if we talked about Barry Bonds. Are you going to do that now or later? Not later. All right. So we got a tune. We have tunage. Um, I think we should listen yes. intently.
supposed to go without a number Maybe you make me feel like I was under the influence of something that might just make me bundle me Without a wonder, should I try to rock on your shit out of suit? I gave my hands and go to bed like I was thunder in the sky Thinking this might know the right road to take off So I don't have to be alone, I drink for the food and hold up a portion Little Minus Vince. Yeah, a little blast from the past. We haven't played Minus Vince in a while. A little while. And you know what? The the trombones are still freaking me out. They need to use a different mic on those. I don't really like the timbre that they've captured on the trombones. Otherwise, love it. <laughs> they sound distorted to me. They were awesome, except for the other thing that I hated, but it was awesome. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, what a great Christmas tune. Yeah. Chestnuts roasting. On an open Vince. <laughs> exactly. What's what? what's better than reggae ska metal? The only thing that would be better if we had this little bad boy behind me activated right now. What, the uh, fireplace there? That would be cool. We should have thought about that for the Christmas Eve show. I was going to bring some uh, some plastic bag to crinkle to make it sound like we had a My fire going. My ass would be on fire, <laughs> but, you know, it's exactly it's right behind me. But, you know, it could have been a cool... Uh, I remember in the in the in the seventies, Jimmy Carter did a, a thing called the Fireside Chat. It was like winter time and he did this like ABC question and answer thing with Barbara Wawa or something like that, you know, by the fireside. Is that when he admitted to uh fantasizing about women in Playboy? I don't know. I don't know if you're being serious or not, but I'm serious. Uh, I I don't know. But I what I do remember is most of America's comments were that they found the crackling of the fire distracting. But nonetheless, a fire would be cool. Warm it up down here because it's a little cool down here in John Cellar. That's why I'm wearing the giant sweater. He's wearing the giant wool sweater of doom. I'm wearing the giant wool sweater. That it's very, very festive. Very red. Actually, it's gray, burgundy, and white. It's the kind that you'd see someone like, uh, I don't know, Chevy Chase wearing in a Christmas movie. That's exactly what it is. If Scrooge were here, he would look at that and go, that is so wrong. Humbug. <laughs> anyway, so if I'm not mistaken, your favorite Christmas topic is steroid <laughs> usage and abuses. No, I was thinking about, you know, around Christmas time, we think about the whole, you know, peace you on earth. You think about the whole? Whole peace like on earth, Courtney goodwill loves towards band? men. No, I do not think of Courtney Love's whole. What about her band, which is called Whole? <laughs> An engineer friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, actually did one of their records, and he said, you know what? I'll never do another one with them again. Yeah, they're frightening people. So I'm thinking about this whole, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And I'm thinking, you know, some of the stuff that has been bugging me this past year, the end of the, I don't know, in the fall, this fall season, has been about sports. Barry Bonds was indicted, of course. I think we talked about this briefly. He was indicted for uh, perjury because he lied about... uh, Injecting his buttocks with uh, needles filled with orange juice, bovine stuff. So, anyway, Botox. <laughs> he wanted to get those wrinkles out of his ass. He hit himself with a little Botox. Yeah, I didn't know that I was injecting steroids in my butt. I thought it was uh, vitamin A. So he he was indicted for perjury about that whole thing, and and then the whole Alex Rodriguez thing. And if you're not following baseball, if you're not following sports, you don't know anything about this. But bottom line is. Alex Rodriguez, third baseman for the the New York Yankees, the team that I like to follow, for better or worse. 
he decided to opt out of his contract in order to get a better deal somewhere else. So it it's, puts him in a better bargaining position. And the so Yankees are bargaining. Thought. Yeah, so he thought. I think so, his plan backfired, though. Yeah, so he goes and shops his services around other places and probably can't get a better deal because he's already the highest paid player in the game. Apparently can't get any deal. Yeah, so... He goes back. He personally he he leaps over the top of his own agent and he goes directly to able to leap tall agents in a single bound. Look well, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's yeah. a train. No, he's got his. He's got probably the number one agent in, in baseball, if not sports entirely. Scott Borass. Yeah. So he, he he bypasses his agent, goes directly to the Yankees, and says, "Look, I really want to be in New York because no one else will have me." So what can yeah, you do about this? I got unfinished business here. We haven't won yeah. a World Series since I've been here, as was his quote, I think. Yada, yada, yada. Anyways, the bottom line for me in this whole thing is he's all out for himself. He wants the biggest contract. He's been on He's on record as saying, I am I'm really happy about being the highest paid player in, in the game. I really think it's cool. I want to be the highest paid player. So he's all about the contract. He's not about you know the team. He's not about winning the championship he he's all about his paycheck and then Barry Bonds the reason why I'm even bringing him up is he's all about his paycheck too he doesn't care about the team he he only cares about his own records he doesn't care about the game the history and all, all that stuff all he cares about is pumping up his statistics pumping up his his biceps so that he can get the best home run record in the world you know what? It's He's just not there yet. It's really ticking me off. It's just best re- home run record in the world is Sadaharu O, oh, a Japanese well, player. Yeah. Well, that one could be debated because it wasn't done on American soil. Blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, th- to me, this whole thing is really ticking me off. About you know, sports is supposed to be not just about what contract you get. Uh, what what uh, what are you pointing at there? It's not about it's not about the contract that you get. It's not that about was not meant to deflect your attention span. I was just doing something. I was just scraping a little crud off of the meter display. And it's it's really supposed to be about, you know, all the good things, you know, playing by the rules, baseball, apple pie, you know, mom. Maybe mom's not playing baseball. Chocolate but, and peanut butter together. You know, that's why it's one of the reasons why I like the fact that there isn't a, a, an instant replay rule in baseball. You but, know, I'm okay with that. But you know what? There's going to be next year. For home runs only. For home runs only. But I like the fact that a guy on the field says, look, I ruled it as this, and everyone's just okay with that. I mean, some people well, complain. Everybody's okay with some that. Some people kick you know dirt. Some people drop their helmets. I'm old school. Like, the only thing I'm truly conservative on are baseball rules, like, you know, no designated hitter, outlaw the American League, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know what? The, the older I get, I'm okay with instant replay being used as many times as it needs to in baseball because I think the call get need, needs to get made right. You know, there's there's a lot on the line in some of these games, and one call can change the tide of a game completely so that one team no longer is winning and the other team is. And you know what? I don't have a problem with uh, replays in baseball. I, ten, ten years ago, I would have said I did, but you know what? Cameras see stuff better than we do. Well, you know what? And I would have agreed with you probably ten years ago, but now I'm I've changed. Now I'm, I'm you 10 years ago, and you're me 10 years ago. Something like that. I'm better looking, though. <laughs> Not 10 years ago. <laughs> all the time. We're, we're all going back in time here. 10 years ago? Well, no, it's the 24th. We're going ahead in time. I'm confused. So, I I don't even know. What, what we need right where now. Where are we, dude? What we need is a DeLorean to figure this out. <laughs> here so. comes Michael J. Fox. <laughs> no, I, I and really... Christopher Lloyd dressed as a Klingon. Ba-dum-bum. That's one of the things I like. That's something John and I were talking about before. That's one of the things I like about baseball is that 
if the, the umpire makes the call, people are honest for the most part and say, we're going to just trust the guy. We're going to just say, okay, fine. That's the call. We'll get him next time and be good sports about it, even if they know. Yeah, but that implies wanting the call to be made right is being a bad sport, and no, it's not. No, it's not about wanting the call being right as being a bad sport, if I can repeat that. It's, it's, it's about... Accepting the fact that maybe even if you're right, it's better to just behave rationally and behave civilly than it is to get your way, even if it's right. Well, that's right. But no matter how much kicking of dirt and yelling and screaming managers do, they're not going to get their way. Why don't we just institute the instant replay and get it right? And why don't nobody we just has get, to kick dirt. You know, why don't we just get rid of umpires entirely? Why don't we just have all the players wear metal suits and have the bases made out of steel and have electronic equipment in there so they know exactly when... You know when... what? I would be okay with that. I'm not. If, it takes the if, human element out of it. That, no, it doesn't because the baseball players are still playing and they're human. It takes the human element out of making the most crucial calls of the game, which I'm okay with. What the hell does this have to do with Barry Bonds and Christmas? What I'm saying is that I think that what's going on is that it's all about the contract. It's all about the me, 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 what am I getting? And it's not about the team. Well, hello. What world have you been living in for the past 30 years? Who, which, one, which one of our listeners doesn't actually know that? Well, you know what? I've been living in the same world everyone else has been living in, but it's my right to bitch about it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> and this is my show, too. And I'll take it and go home. Wait, I am home. That's right. So John can't take anything. All I'm complaining about is everything. All I want is everything. All I want is things to be right. All I want is people to do things for the right reason. I want people to be good to each other. I want people to be happy. And I want sports people to do things for the good of the the team. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. (sighs) Cats and dogs living together. I want, that's what, this has to do with Christmas. I want things to be right. Christmas is about doing right by your fellow man. It's not about what kind of contract can I get. So that's what ticks me off. All right. So what you're saying is Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez have no Christmas spirit. They absolutely have. They are completely Grinches. I mean, they're if, devoid of spirit. If the Grinch could have like like some family, A-Rod would be the Grinch. Barry Bonds would be the dog pulling the sled. Or the dog behind the sled at some points in, in the excursion. And you know who Whoville is? All of us. <laughs> Whoville is all of us. So you're saying we're Whoville. That's right. Huh. Not Hooterville. Who put Whoville. the who in Whoville? Apparently me. You know, I'm just sort of a... <laughs> innocent bystander. An innocent bystander. I'm sort of a, a spectator in John's ranting and raving about uh, Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez because I really didn't... Actually, let me rephrase. We really didn't have much to talk about for our Christmas show. So John just decided he'd go to the, uh, the obvious topic, and that's... Uh, Lack of Christmas spirit amongst professional millionaire athletes. Well, it's true. I'm not arguing that. Actually. It's not even about Christmas spirit. It's about what's what's happening with this country. And, and I talked about this before. We talked about Sicko several times on several other shows. I remember talking about Sicko. Yeah, and my wife and I, we, we watched it again because I think it's that important of a film, that important of a topic that people should see it more than once. I think everyone should at least see it once. But I watched it again because I wanted to see if everything I was uh, watching or remembering was correct. And I got just as upset seeing it the second time as I did the first time around. And my wife was very upset about it. She works in the healthcare industry, so she knows about all the crap that goes on there. And again, that's just one more reminder that what this country's about lately, I mean, for the past hundred years or so, has been about... Certainly since post-World War II. Yeah, it's been about profit and who does what by themselves and 
forget everyone else. And I'm, I'm thinking that we really need some sort of a revolution in this country, turn things around. We need, we need to have... Sounds like me all of a sudden. Well, you know, in, in terms... like wearing a beret and marching with signs in Molotov cocktails. Holy cow. You Use know, the word revolution. You know, what, what bugs me is that people categorize someone who's a Christian or someone who's on the quote-unquote Christian right, which I'm not, someone who's a Christian as being right-leaning and, you know, all about... You know, doing things by yourself and, and making sure that you, you know, you pay your own bills and, and you, you don't hand out people, you don't give any hands out. Personal to, responsibility. Yeah, personal responsibility, all that crap. I think that if you're a true Christian, that you should be all about community and helping the person who doesn't have enough. And that's what, what bugs me about our healthcare system, just like the, you know, the sports case. I mean, sports is, is frivolous. It's entertainment. But it, it just, it shows... Diversionary media, as Chomsky would call it. Well, it is, but it also reflects upon how we feel about life in general. I mean, if if sports is reflecting upon our, our attitudes in this country, it's showing that it's all about the personal gain. It's not about the team. It's not about the group. And that's what, what ticks me off about watching this film again, is that... We really need to be worried about the team, the country, you know, society as a whole. We can't the be, world. The world. I mean, let's. I mean, let's, when there's disease running rampant in Africa, that can get here too. So, absolutely. I mean, we need to be concerned about not just you know Hoboken. We need to be in Peoria. We need to be concerned about everyone. Yeah. So I'm sick and tired of people who are are claiming that you know the the best way to do things is to take care of their own their own personal business and everyone has to take care of their own personal business. Look, we got to take care of everyone because um, unfortunately we're on the same sphere as everyone else. And, um, and what happens is whatever we do affects everyone else around us and whatever anyone else does is going to affect you. So you can try to focus on your own little world, but no matter what you do, people are going to affect you. And if someone gets sick and if someone is dying or if someone doesn't have the ability to take care of their own medical bills, it's going to affect you, whether it be in tax bills or in health insurance premiums increased, or it's going to, you know, tick you off because you can't get to work in the morning because a hospital or an ambulance is in front of your, woo, your driveway. Woo, woo, woo. No matter what happens. Or if you're in Europe, they go. Yeah, they're. No matter what happens, we're not in vacuums, little tiny little vacuums, bubbles that are floating around independently. We're all mixed in the same soup, and we all depend on each other, and we all affect each other. So let's just forget about this whole me, me, me society. Let's put some funds together. Let's pay for everyone well, else's health care. What John and is we'll saying, all benefit. What John is saying is the first thing we need to do is find a rod and put a beating on him. I mean, that's he needs a thing number one. You know what? And and a lot of these athletes, they have these foundations. And they put lots of money back into charities, but I mean, they really need to take care of what's going on with their 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 public persona. If their persona is, I'm out for the best contract that I can get. I mean, it's it's a it's a an axiom. Little kids look at that it's axiomatic. It's axiomatic. Little kids look at that and they want to emulate that. They want to emulate who's the coolest guy in the world. A Rod. A Rod has the coolest uniform. A Rod has the, the coolest, coolest guy in the world. Well, we know he doesn't have the coolest uniform. That, that goes without saying. It's got pinstripes on it. But is he really the coolest guy? Well, I mean, you know what? I'm, as far as baseball players, I'm are gonna concerned. throw the gauntlet down. I think David Wright's cooler than A Rod. I would agree. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. 
I'm a Yankees fan, and I wanted A-Rod out. I was actually happy that he... he... John's one of the few guys who's... Uh, you know, I, I sent John an email that went unreplied to, but I said, you know what? This will be interesting to show off like what all the real Yankees fans are really about because every one of them was... And I, I excluded John from this, but every one of them was like thrilled when A-Rod was gone, but now they're all happy that he's back, so it's like... And he never really gone. was gone. He had just essentially... He opted out of the clause in his contract which said that he will extend his existing contract. Uh, you made a pun, the clause. How oh, timely. Look at, that. look at that. So he opted out of the Santa Claus. So he, what he did is he, he basically said, you know what? I'm going to try for the best deal that I can get. I'm not going to try for the best team that I can put together. I'm not going to show my loyalty. Forget about loyalty. I want, I want money, man. And I'm already making $250 million for 10 years. I want 275 Hell yeah. As one uh, sports analyst said, that uh, he said something about Scott Boris and A-Rod's children. Their great-great-great-great-grandchildren will never have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Probably not. So to, to quibble about you know 10 or 15 more million dollars per year is silly. And it's all about selfishness. It's and, drop in the bucket. Yeah. So Christmas spirit is look at your fellow man. And if you can do something to help them, fine. And if they're, if they're ticking you off and they're getting in your personal space, deal with it. Because that's what life's all about. People are going to get in your personal space, and you get in theirs. And in until the revolution happens, it doesn't hurt to throw a few bucks in the uh, the little red bucket that you see on the streets with the guys ringing the bells and stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to throw them a couple of bucks every now and then, or to uh, throw some food in the food bank. And uh, I donated a bunch of food on Turkey Day, actually. Yeah. Some of it wasn't entirely generous. I get a free turkey at work, and I'm a vegetarian, so you know I gave it to the food bank, but I gave them other things as well. You know, not that those things aren't substantive. I mean, I think that those things are really important because America is all about, you know, helping your fellow citizen. But unfortunately, we don't have policies which enforce that, which which really express the American way. And I think that we should start putting some policies down, like all of our citizens deserve health care. We deserve to be healthy. We deserve to be safe we deserve food we deserve uh, a home tryptophan tryptophan and we deserve um you know the same kind of contract that a-rod's got (laughs) you know what i think most americans would be happy with a fulfilling job reliable transportation and food for their family i mean those three things and and health health care things like that and you know what do you know how what percentage of the american population would be satisfied with that. I mean, I would be willing to bet it's say an overwhelming majority. I can't state that it's an overwhelming majority for two reasons. A, I don't know, and B, I'll get called out <laughs> really on it. Called out on it. <laughs> but and I'm pretty sure the person who it's calls us fi- out isn't it's even only forty nine percent rich. I'm sorry. And even if it was fifty two percent, that's not overwhelming. No. Look up not. overwhelming in the dictionary. That's right. Doesn't qualify. That's right. And then you could get into the whole plurality versus majority thing with more than two candidates. It's also confusing. Well, just, you know what? Help your fellow man. Shovel some snow for the old lady next door, whatever it is. You know, if they are if they go to the grocery store, pick them up some groceries. You know, I used to see those commercials. They were the Jesus Christ for the Latter-day Saints commercials. And they right. were these people who would, like, go by an elderly person's house and deliver their mail to them. And while my sinuses are a little clogged right now, so I'm sorry if I sound a little Still? Low. It's been, like, months. I, I don't know what's going on. But I used to see these LDS commercials. I think they were LDS commercials. And um, the I'm not into religion, as John can attest. But the message is sound and the message is right. You know, if, if somebody if, – if their mailbox is overflowing and you know they're elderly and they can't make it to the mailbox anymore because it's 100 feet from their front door, bring them their mail. 
Do those, do the little things, you know, help out, shovel their walk, shovel their driveway, make them a meal. You know, what? visit them, visit them and say hello. Yeah. If you see them on the, on the side going out to get their mail, say, hi, how are you doing? Talk to them because most people love communion. I'm not talking about the religious communion. I'm talking about communing with each other. And at the end of the day, they are human beings. Everyone on this planet, everyone in this country is a human being. They have... Well, except A-Rod and Barry Bonds. They have intrinsic value, which is... And needs. Which is another reason why we should all be taking care of the health care, because just because you're rich doesn't mean you get to have health care. Just because you're middle class doesn't mean you get to have health care. Because you're a human being. Because you're a human being, you deserve to be healthy. Absolutely. All right. Anyway. So that's all I'm going to say about that. We going to play a tune? Yeah. Let's check it out. I'll cut off my finger so you can wear my ring on a chain between a pair of handcuffs. I'll pull out the splinter. You'll hitch up the mule. Lash my body to the tree the oak. In case of emergency, break the glass that holds a favorite alcoholic beverage. And we'll jump on the wagon to get dropped off at the liquor store in time to put our floaties on. And I'll raise it to my lips, it's not the kiss that makes me feel vitamin freeze and freeze. And as I raise you to my lips, it's not the kiss that makes me feel the bite of Eddie Freeze, Eddie Freeze, Eddie Freeze. This party's a disease, spreading like a fungus, eating everything just like the blob. We wanna talk of love, what the hell do we know? Probably just a loose connection somewhere. I kiss you through the screen door on a submarine If you promise you'll stop eating all the cat food And we'll go lifting weights 12 ounces at a time To find another designated driver And as I raise you to my lips It's not the kiss that makes me feel The bite of any freeze, any freeze, any freeze and it's raising to my lips It's not the kiss that makes me feel The bite of any freeze Any freeze Any freeze And Jesus Lizard's much too mellow For my auntie And Sonic Youth is much too poppy For my auntie And Auntie doesn't like the Daniel Johnston songs That we play around the house 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 seem to make any sense at all check the other album out and if you need a place to crash come by the space we'll pull out the couch bed just for you and as raise it to my lips it's not the kiss that makes me feel the bite of any freeze and freeze and freeze and as raise it to my lips it's not the kiss that makes me feel the bite of any freeze and Won't you 
I love those guys. You love spanking it? <laughs> well, yeah. The Asylum Street Spankers. Haven't played them in a little while. But you know what? I unearthed one of their CDs. <laughs> you had a little uh, dig in your backyard. A little archaeological dig, and I discovered uh, the uh, My Favorite Record CD, which and that was called Antifreeze. It's not Rich's favorite record. It's actually titled My Favorite Record. That's right. So speaking of films, which we weren't... <laughs> We were talking about Barry Bonds, A Rod, and segue. I have no idea what this show's about, but hopefully people won't. It's hate about it. peace, love, goodwill towards men. I saw a fil- if it, what says love more than the Russian mob in London. I can't think of anything better. This is the latest effort by uh, director David Cronenberg. I'm sure people have heard of him. He's famous for uh, what was it, Star Wars and <laughs> Gandhi? I think new no, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there was that one. The Brood. <laughs> and then what was the other one he did recently? The with Fly. Sean Penn. What was that one? Oh, he did one with, with I Penn? don't know. I'm just making stuff up. No, I'm talking about real films. He, yes. Everything starts with The. The Brood. Except for this one. This one's called Eastern Promises, and it actually is about the Russian mob in London. And it features a, a fairly famous actor, a little guy named Viggo Mortensen. I think that David Cronenberg did um, Viggo Mortensen's last film. He's kind of like got this uh, Robert De Niro, Scorsese kind of thing going on. Yeah, a little Leonardo DiCaprio Scorsese thing now. That's right. De Niro's been dumped. He's been replaced. <laughs> with, with He's the out new the kid. door. So, yeah, uh, Russian mob in London. There was a variety of things I liked about this film. Script was super strong, you know, and it had some strong actors in it, too. Viggo Mortensen and um, uh, who's the actress we were talking about before? Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Very strong, very cute. And the the two most prominent characters in this film were people who were either dead or were an infant. So they really couldn't communicate. The dead person communicated through her diary. And the infant was just there, and we were worried about the infant. Don't give too much away, because I'm dying to see this film. Well, phenomenal film, great script, really strong characters. And, I mean, the, the first thing I learned is, first of all, that the Russian mob does things differently than you people. I mean, it's a little, it's a little different, you know? <laughs> you talking to the crowd, or are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. I'm pointing to you. You the, people? You and the wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> With a spaghetti sauce stain on the belly? Exactly. <laughs> I'm talking to that guy. Yeah, well, forget about it. Forget about it. Um, very, very compelling story. The, the this was referred to as a a thriller, I think, by some people, and yet there were moments when I wasn't thrilled. And I, what what I mean by that is I didn't think that I didn't think the film was great. I thought it was stupendous, but there were a few moments in uh, like fight scenes, for example, where I think we were supposed to be mortified by the kind of killing that was going on. And I don't know if it was the way it was shot or the way it was presented, but I found it to be funny. You know? I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm the one who's supposed to have violent tendencies? <laughs> I didn't say you had violent tendencies. I said you were wearing a sauce-stained wife beater. And oh. you're, you're different than this mob. <laughs> I'm different. I'm different than any mob. That's not entirely true. First off, mob by definition is more than one person, so I'm intrinsically you're, different. You're a mob. <laughs> I'm a mob in and of myself. <laughs> That's right. So, I, I, geez, I don't want to ruin it for you. How much detail should I go into? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I didn't know about this whole baby corpse thing, uh, diary aspect of it. Because from the trailers, all you see is uh, Viggo Mortensen, heavily tattooed, looking like a tough guy. And you know that there's some sort of mob thing going on. But other than that, there's really no plot giveaways in the trailers. Well, there aren't. And he plays a bad guy in the Russian mob. 
and he's tattooed head to toe. Is he? <laughs> yeah. How do you know this? Because there, uh, there's a scene where he's naked. Head to toe. <laughs> yeah. And however, not as much, nearly as much sack as everyone's been uh, talking about. And there's another well, scene. Well, this is a Christmas show. Careful there there's with an, the uh, sackage. Well, Santa has a sack and he throws it over his shoulder and it's full of presents. That's just disgusting. <laughs> well, and any, the long and short of it is very, very strong script. Some really, really great acting. Some really great characters. Um, and very compelling. You know, we really care about all of the people that we're supposed to care about. And then we end up caring about someone that we're not entirely sure we were supposed to care about, but who ends up being someone you want to care about. Isn't that the best thing about these films where you have a story where you're, you're filled with bad guys and you're sort of forced to make a distinction between the really bad guys and the sort of bad guys. And or the, the bad guys and the good guys. And the, and the bad guys that are the protagonists. Well, Clockwork Orange is a great example of that for Absolutely. me. You know, Kubrick's ability to make a just a thug <laughs> likable. I didn't like him at all. I, I, I did like him. But anyway, uh, Eastern Promises, very strong. One of the, the best films I've seen in a long time. Uh, very compelling. you think this is going to win Golden Statuettes? I don't know. But, I mean, it certainly has that possibility. Viggo Mortensen was, was absolutely phenomenal. And um, everybody, all the supporting players were great. And the story was just top notch. I mean, I don't think I've seen a good script as strong as this come along in, in a while. I mean, I've seen some great stories, but just... Look, we the mob thing has been overdone, right? Especially, you know, Godfather Sopranos. In this country, the mob thing is is played to death. It's almost cartoonish now. Yeah, it really has become a caricature of itself. And, you know, because it's the Russian mob, they interject a slightly different feel to it because their you know, you know what I'm talking about. Their methods and procedures. I don't know anything you're talking about. Their methods and procedures are different than yours. But <laughs> than mine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. But in the midst of this 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 overdone mob culture, they managed to craft an absolutely uh very compelling story and uh I was blown away. I mean, I I thought it was phenomenal. One of the best films I've seen in a long time. It's probably because you enjoy full frontal male nudity. You know what? And here's what I'm going to say. John warned me that there was going to be a little scrot showing, a little scrotum. <laughs> I heard that that was going to happen. I didn't know it firsthand. And there was a scene in the Turkish baths. You know how mobsters get off in restaurants and stuff like that? <laughs> well, there was I don't gonna, know anything about that. There was going to be an – well, it, it, the movies tell us that. Oh, okay. There was going to be an offing in a Turkish bath, and naturally people bathe in the nude. Hello. I got to tell you this. The Life of Brian, what, 1981? We saw way more full frontal nudity when he came on in the balcony at the end with his thing just hanging in the wind there than we did in this film. You saw a little bit of some stuff swinging, but what's the big deal? I mean, men... I don't have a problem with it. I see it every day. Yeah, exactly. I wash one every day. Women's things can hang in the wind and men are okay with it. Suddenly, they're in the Turkish steam bath and they're having a fight and it's a bad thing. You know, not to get way too off topic, but I did remember something about... I think it was um, that one film that that you reviewed. Uh, this film is not yet rated. Yeah, it was great. Where they talk about the rating system. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that... that Male full frontal nudity garners an NC-17, but female full frontal nudity barely gets an R. Or you can just freely show men's nipples all day long with a, with a probably a, a G rating or whatever they call that rating now. You know, if, what, what, what's the current G rating called? It's um, G. Is it still G? I mean, you can show men on a beach all day long and get it as long as they have swim trunks on and get a G rating. 
men's nipple. Uh, it's just dumb. Men it's can even wear um, speedos, yellow green thongs, displaying uh, smug- nice. smuggling peanuts over there, and and they'll still get a G rating. Yeah, well, the rating system, if you haven't seen this film is not yet rated or whatever it was called, you need to see it because it really uh, reveals the the inequity, the inequities and the double standards of the rating system. But anyway, Eastern Promises, uh, one of the best films to come along in a long time. Great characters, great story. I think you're going to like it. Yeah, I think I'll uh, download that illegally and watch it. That's right. Anyway, I, I think that's a show. And uh, ha- Happy Christmas, Happy Harmonica. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. I hope you uh, are decorating your festivist pole, all those things. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Seriously, everyone, um, give to your fellow man uh, and your fellow woman and their children. And uh, <laughs> happy holidays, whatever uh, tradition it is you celebrate. Uh, certainly have a great holidays, and we'll uh, see you again in January. Yeah, and remember, we're nothing without each other, so uh, take care of everyone else. That's right. This is Rich Wolgus. John Tellerico. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Hit our forum every once in a while, bloodyveg.com slash forum. And send us feedback around this holiday, uh, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And uh, remember, you've been listening to the VIB. 